Welcome to another edition of the Y-Pod, where we highlight everyday Wyoming leaders. This episode features Nick Driesang. We talk about lessons he's learned in a wide-ranging IT career, teaching tech to kids using Minecraft, and his new adventure in flying. Yes, flying. Hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Here we go with Nick Driesang. My name is Nick Driesang, and my title is the Cybersecurity Administrator, but I handle everything from being an Azure engineer to a database administrator to database optimization, programming, um, and security. It's a tremendous amount of technology that you just mentioned. What was it that got you into, not necessarily this job, but the idea of technology and computers? I started with tech when I was little. Uh, our first computer was a, a Commodore 64, and then we had a Tandy, and I broke that thing so many times, and you just had to learn how to fix it, because if my dad found out, well, then you'd be in deep trouble, right? So from the age of like 10 on, I just was kind of break it, fix it, break it, fix it. Um, but I have to give a lot of credit to um, my old business, I think that was the business lab instructor. She, she ran the Decker Club at Kelly Walsh, but her name was Mary Hopper. And so she, uh, she got me able to um, take care of the PC lab at Kelly Walsh. And then she was talking to one of the counselors at Kelly Walsh um, about me. And, you know, he's got, you know, good technical skills, blah, blah, blah. And, and she heard of an internship at the city. So at the age of 16, my first job was bagging groceries at Albertsons West. And I was there for about two months, two, three months. And then the city came over and said, hey, we'd like to give you an internship. Would you come work for us doing, you know, systems administration stuff? And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so that was, I've only ever had four jobs now. The city, then I was a technology director for San Anthony School, and now here at Flow State. And what was it about technology that you were drawn to? What is it you enjoy about it? I like the puzzle in terms of everything that breaks and being able to fix it and, and solve that. But I also like that there's um, a product out of it. Like you can program and make something or you can print something or you can design graphics. Like there's, there's something to show for your effort. Um, just like I'm sure that that's true with carpentry and electrical work or what have you. But it's, it's something that you can make a tangible something and people go, oh, that's really cool. For folks who are listening to this who actually know you, this wouldn't surprise them. For folks who don't know you, obviously they have no idea. But you're a very detail-oriented person as well. I am. Does that play into it, or is that something separate? Well, I would assume as much, although I can get mired in the details of some things because you know you have to know why something works a certain way. I have, though now I'm, I'm 38, I've figured out that there are some things I better not like go down the rabbit hole of. Like, we have this whole data science team, and they're amazing, smart, brilliant guys. And I have yet to want to learn about data science because I know I probably won't leave any stone unturned. And then I'll be like, oh, now I'm a data science engineer, too. <laughs> so I'm trying to be careful. <laughs> you just recently went back to school again, yep. added additional learning, certifications, degree. Yep. Did you enjoy going back to school after having been away, or was it a challenge? Actually, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, so the program I went through is with WGU, um, so it's a competency-based um, learning program. Um, and I kind of blew through the whole thing uh, really quickly. 
because a lot of the stuff that I was doing already in terms of network security and systems management was already um, enveloped in the whole program. So, you know, they asked you to take a certification test for A plus through CompTIA, and shoot, that was you know I've I've been doing that since I was sixteen. That was you know an old hat, and then you get Security Plus, which was a little more tricky, but same same spiel. Like I've been doing a lot of those best practices and and so forth for a long time. So it was really um, cool in the fact that it like uh, underscored my level of knowledge. I've never had any super formal training in what I do. I've just been able to figure it out on my own. So to you know walk in and, and have you know two hours of reading what people think is on the certification exam, sit down, take the exam, and go, oh, that wasn't bad. <laughs> like that's really cool. They go, okay, you know, you do know your stuff. And now you've worked in municipality. You've mm-hmm. worked in a school. Yep. You're now in private industry. Do you like the same thing about all of them, or do you like the variety between the three? I would say to anybody who can follow those same steps, it was really intriguing because the city's super policy-driven, right? And that was really a great foundation to kind of be brought up in. Like, you really get black and white policy. You have expectations of, you know, like how HR is going to work, how finance is going to work, all these departments and so forth. And um, Flow State being a startup, we have some policy, but I think we're still kind of developing that because we're, we're getting our feet under us in, in that regard. In terms of the dynamics of a growing company, because you guys are still, I would say, in startup phase, what are some of the things you like about seeing it come together versus joining an organization that's already propped up? As we're growing, the, the needs of having someone hired for a specific purpose is really um, methodical and and those needs are met really quickly. Here you go, okay, at some point, boss, we need to hire somebody that does this thing because this will just get, you know, greater and greater need as we scale in size. And it's funny because we we just hired two people in the last two weeks. It's just neat to see that that as a need arises, somebody comes in and fills that need and you go, oh, cool, I don't have to, you know, fret about that type of thing. And it must be fun for you to watch new people join because you're learning the skill sets, but you're also learning personalities and you're kind of fascinated by both. I do. I do enjoy watching how people kind of integrate in and, and work with each other. The, the, the new guy over on, on this side, he's, he's been really intriguing because initially he didn't say much. And I was talking to some of the, the other employees that have been here for a while and I'm like, what do you think of him? And they're like, well, he's really quiet. I'm like, yeah, but he's probably got like a break-in period. He's just trying to feel this all out. And then the other day, out of nowhere, he said something, oh, we were all dying. And I'm like, I think he's been people watching too. And he's just seen how everybody's personality is. So he didn't, you know, trip over a, a landmine or something. Would you have any advice to somebody who's joining a new company? Speaking specifically to technology-oriented employees, don't walk in with predisposed notion that everything you do is correct, Right people in the technology world have this preconceived notion that their way is the right way when there's a million ways to do something. I mean, a computer alone, you can open Word by using the run command or clicking to it or doing it off task manager. There's a million ways you can do one thing, and that doesn't mean that your way is the right way. You're going to require more coaching and more resources from the organization to continue to support you in the habit you're accustomed yourself to than to try it the new way. And then, and I would say, because I, I also um, coach volleyball, be super coachable. Like if you're, uh, you know, getting into the technology sphere, listen to what everybody has to say. Because everybody has some sort of spin on what your thought is or how you want to accomplish something. 
and being able to come at something from the you know 30,000 foot view and keep narrowing it down but incorporating everybody's kind of ideology into what you're doing I guess maybe it's somewhat people pleasing but it tends to end up with everybody buying in and working towards a common goal your love for technology doesn't just stop when you walk out the doors one of the projects that you've been involved in sounded fascinating to me it's a way of teaching using Minecraft one of the cool things that Microsoft did in the last couple of years is they purchased Minecraft. Uh, they pushed it hard into the education sector, and um, in the last couple of years, they had Minecraft certified educators. So I am a Minecraft certified educator, and, and I was able to use Minecraft to teach kids computer science. You can teach them programming. There's Python built into it. Kids can combine, uh, you know, different elements, and they have reactive explosions inside of Minecraft. It's it's really cool because you're playing on their level. Like they they really want to get in there and do stuff in Minecraft. They want to show you things. They want to be super inventive. And at the same time, you can just push them just a little bit further and go, yeah, that's really neat that you figured out how to make something blow up. But can you make can you make something that's gelatinous? Can you make a Newtonian fluid? Can you you know what are all the things that you can do with the elements that you have? You have everything in the whole world. What what is it that you can create? And I remember there was a second or third grader, and he figured out using some simple scripting that we taught him how to make it lightning or thunder hit the ground every time he walked. And he went from like, man, this is kind of... Then he started walking. He's like, oh, this is amazing. And I, I, that kid, his face, I recorded it. It was amazing. He just, the light bulb that clicked on for him and him understanding how in an, an event inside of a game, you know, like just the, the, um, the basics of programming, like you need an event to drive the, the code to go do something. So he knew on walk lightning hit the ground and he's like this is the coolest thing ever mr Dries saying i want to do this with everything and then he made you know chicken rain and then he made tornadoes everywhere and all sorts of other stuff how do you find time to juggle all this stuff on top of all that i do have four kids <laughs> so we do play a lot of minecraft at home i have taught some minecraft um, on the microsoft education forums to some other teachers they can do some stuff there's some forums coming up where i'm going to go do some teaching I know that there are some code camps this summer that I've been invited to that I, again, for kids, job, and all this stuff that I'm trying to figure out, you know, how can I utilize my talents the best, plus, you know, volleyball and all the other stuff that I stick my hand into. So I do still teach it. I just need to find probably more time for it and maybe less of something else, but we'll see what that is. Speaking of all the things you stick your hands into, you're also learning to fly. I am. Um, I've been taking lessons and flying around Casper, and it's it's been really cool. Although it's it sounds really elitist in my opinion to be like, oh yeah, we flew up to Buffalo and had breakfast, and then we came back, and people are like, you did what? And you're like, well, I'm learning to fly, you know, so I can fly a plane on my own and, and take trips, and it's kind of one of those uh, retirement strategies. I think it'd be kind of neat to have your plane fly wherever you want to go. There's there's a lot to it, so but it's it's really neat. What is it you like about it? That it's not the norm. And, and here's the thing. The plane that I've been flying is just a single prop. And it doesn't go by any means fast. Just 80 knots is kind of its top speed. So you don't get anywhere much faster than you do cars. Granted, you can take a straight shot. But it just, it's so neat to like fly over the, the landscape of Wyoming. And to be able to see, you know, the, the hills and the mountains and the wildlife. And not to be bound by being on a road. It's just really phenomenal. Given everything that you do, 
you could easily do this in many places around the country, around the world, that you could argue there'd be more opportunities in other places, but yet you choose to do it here. What is it about Wyoming that you like or appreciate or enjoy? So I, I do like to hike and I do like to go fishing and I love the location of Casper specifically. It's, it's you know, dead center in the middle of the state, but you're four hours from Denver, you're four hours from Rapids. So if you need some big city stuff, you can go do that. But you have like immense wildlife and immense opportunity to go do all sorts of stuff out in the countryside. But then here you are, if I was living in Denver and granted you could make more money, but their quality of life in my opinion isn't as good because you're gonna, we were just talking about, you know, driving 45 minutes to go get food. Well, shoot, with all the kids and everything else, I'm gonna be wasting hours of a day with all the stuff I'm trying to do just to go get some, you know, McDonald's or something. Well, that, that doesn't sound very appetizing to me. So I would, I would, I would rather be in Wyoming and, and probably any part of Wyoming, but I do love Casper um, over any place else. People are just so awesome and getting to work with other people and service philanthropy, if you want to call it that. I don't know. It's just people are awesome here and being able to get to work with the people that are in Casper and in the people of Wyoming, it's just, it's rewarding in and of itself. People are awesome. What a great capstone. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Yeah, I appreciate it.